in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like to wish you all a very blessed and happy Hosanna Sunday, the Sunday of salvation. Actually, after the fall of Adam and Eve, we were exiled from the paradise of joy, and actually we became in the kingdom of Satan. Satan became our king, and death reigned over us. As we say in the divine liturgy, that our Lord Jesus Christ gave himself up unto death, which reigned over us. And Satan was called the prince of this world. So we were living in the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom of Satan. Then when our Lord Jesus Christ came, actually he came to establish his kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. And then actually to restore us and transfer us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of light. As we read in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto you a child is born, unto us a son is given, and a government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then we read in verse 7, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And here I want you to notice that it is written, the government will be upon his shoulder. The government will be upon his shoulder. Usually, what is the sign of the government, the authority of a king? A king, actually, when he is enthroned, they crown him. They put the crown on his head. That is the symbol of the kingdom. But about Jesus, the symbol was not on his head. When they say the government, the authority, the kingship, where it was, uh, and the government will be upon his shoulder, upon his shoulder. And what did he carry on his shoulder? The cross. So he became our king because he carried the cross and died and gave himself up unto death which reigned over us. Any king when he enters his kingdom, he does not enter riding on a donkey or on a colt, but usually they ride on horses. Horse is actually the sign of authority, the sign of triumph, sign of victory. We never saw a king riding on a donkey or going to war on a donkey. When you go to a war, 
You go riding a horse. I'm speaking about the time of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord actually, he rode in a donkey, is a sign of his humility, his humbleness. And the sign also that he is king of peace. He did not come to establish a war or to establish his kingdom by the sword, by killing others like other kingdoms. No. He came and established his kingdom by dying on the cross. That's why the government is on his shoulder. Also, we read in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So Satan actually established kingdoms on earth. But Jesus came to establish a kingdom. And the kingdom of Jesus, actually it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms of Satan. And it shall stand forever. The same meaning in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Daniel is saying, I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days, to God the Father, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. That is a kingdom. So Jesus today, when he entered Jerusalem, he entered not to establish an earthly kingdom, but actually this was the first step in establishing the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of the light, and actually called all of us to be transferred from kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of Christ. In baptism, when we renounce Satan, that is our declaration that we reject the kingdom of Satan and we will leave this kingdom of darkness. Then actually when we accept our uh, Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord God and Savior before baptism, this actually our uh, pledge that we will be in the kingdom of Christ and Christ now is our king. Some people may say, but now actually, if we are in the kingdom of Christ and Christ established his kingdom, why you are speaking in the future and saying thy kingdom come? But when we say thy kingdom come, we are actually addressing God the Father, not the Son. So Jesus came to establish the kingdom. Then after all the enemies 
will be defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ, then Jesus actually will give the kingdom to our God the Father. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting from verse 24. Then comes the end, when Jesus delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When God the Father puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For Jesus must reign till God the Father has put all enemies under his feet. The Lord Jesus Christ will reign under all the enemies. There are many enemies against the kingdom of Christ. This is one of these enemies that's actually uh, working against the kingdom of Christ. That's why in verse 26, St. Paul said, The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, Then, when all of us will be raised. For God the Father has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under the feet of Jesus, it's evident that God the Father who put all things under Jesus is accepted. The word all here does not include God the Father. Lest somebody say all include God the Father, no. St. Paul said, because God the Father put all the enemies under the feet of the Son, then the Father actually who put all the enemies under the feet of the Son is accepted. He is not included in the word all. Now when all things are made subject to the Son, the Son himself will also be subject to the Father who put all things under him that God may be all in all. So actually in our Father who art in heaven, when we say thy kingdom come, we are speaking about the kingdom of the Father. When the Son actually will deliver the kingdom to God the Father. But now Jesus is reigning until all the enemies will be uh, defeated under the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. The characteristic of the kingdom of Jesus, actually it is an everlasting kingdom, everlasting kingdom. It is a kingdom of peace, kingdom of peace. Jesus did not come with a sword, but he came with a cross to die on the cross on our behalf. It's a kingdom of righteousness, righteousness from the word right. Who lives in this kingdom, he should actually live righteously, does what is right, and stay away from what is wrong. It is a kingdom of mercy, because none of us is worthy to enter this kingdom, but because of the multitude of his mercy and the richness of his love, he accepted us to be in his kingdom. It is a kingdom of love and a kingdom of justice. It's a kingdom of justice. Only those who are righteous and godly will enter it. But we enter it because of his love, because he bestowed his love upon us. So we are actually invited to live in this kingdom. So the question today 
how we can live in the kingdom and how to let Jesus reign uh, in my heart as he entered Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a symbol of your heart, your life. How to make Jesus is king to you and let him reign over all your heart, over all your mind, over all your soul, over all your spirit. Jesus actually became our king when he was anointed in his baptism, when the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. The Holy Spirit anointed Jesus Christ to be our kingdom, our king, our prophet, and our high priest. Our king to establish the kingdom and to take us, transform us, from the kingdom or transfer us from the kingdom of Satan to his kingdom. High priest because he offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross. So he is the priest and the sacrifice at the same time. And also as a prophet because prophet carry message from God to, toward us. So he revealed to us the mysteries of God the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and to whom the Son wills to reveal God the Father. So he is our prophet, our king, and our high priest. There are some principles we need to know in order actually to let Jesus in reality, our king. All of us, when we were baptized to enter the kingdom of Christ, but many times, who are not loyal to this kingdom. The first principle, you should know that God loves you personally. Actually, he knows you personally. And he has a wonderful plan for you if you accepted him and accepted to be in his kingdom and let the Lord Jesus Christ reign over you in truth. The second principle we know that we are sinners. And because of this sin, we are separated from God. Many times we are unable to experience the love of God toward me, which we said it in the first principle. First principle, God loves you personally, as individual, not as a group. He loves and knows every one of us. But many times, actually, because of our sins, we cannot experience the love of God. Uh, but because we did not experience his love, that's why he came and he died on the cross. And as you read, uh, you heard in the letter of St. Paul today, to Hebrews, Jesus is the only way through him I can reach God the Father. And through him only I can experience the love of God the Father toward me. That is the third principle. So the first principle, God loves you personally. Second principle, when we sin, we separate ourselves from God and we cannot experience his love. The third principle, Jesus came and he became the only way to God the Father and to experience his love. 
That's why the fourth principle. We should take a personal step with true repentance, with true hatred of sin, and to enter our heart to Christ, that Christ may enter my heart as a master, as a king, as a savior. And here only I will experience his love toward me. So this means there are two circles. One circle is I live my life, but the king is myself. I will do whatever I want to do. Yes, I'm Christian by name, but Jesus in reality is outside my heart. My heart actually is following my ego, myself, what I want to do. That is the first circle. But the second circle, I live my life, but as St. Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So the real king here is Christ, it's not me. Jesus entered my heart, and now he is my king. He actually has authority over every single area in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God from all your heart, from all your mind, from all your soul, from your all strengths, he emphasized the word all. Don't give part of your heart to any other master, to any other king. You cannot serve two masters, either God or either Satan, either God or either the mammon, either God or the pleasures of the world, either God or your ego. You cannot serve two masters. That's why when we don't give our heart completely and wholly to the Lord Jesus, he cannot reign over us. He cannot be our king. When actually Jesus reigns in my heart, he will protect me, he will give me peace, he will give me joy, he will give me happiness. Even during the time of hardship, he will be with me, he will comfort me, he will uh, support me. So the question today, we came to celebrate the entry of the Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem to save it. Now Jesus wants to reign over your heart, to save it, to save you, to give you peace, to give you joy, to give you everlasting life. Which circle you are living in it? Do you have any other king in your life other than Jesus? Does the love of money reign in your heart? Does the love of pleasures reign in your heart? Does the love of ego and pride reign in your heart? Are you willing to cast away all these false kings and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to destroy these kingdoms into pieces as we read in, in Daniel? Then he will be the only king in your heart? Let us actually start a true life of repentance right now. Let us actually pray and say, our Lord Jesus Christ, I need you in my life. I left my life away from you. I transgressed and disobeyed your commandment. But I am here to give thanks to you because I know 
you love me. I know that you came and entered Jerusalem to save us. I know that you came to reign over me in order to deliver me from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of torture, to give me peace, to make me close to you, and to forgive me my sins. Let us pray and say to God, we are opening our heart right now. We are opening our life, our mind, our spirits, our souls. Please ask him to enter right now to purify my heart, to set me free from all the bondage, from all these false kings whom I worship, to ask him to create in me a clean heart and to renew his Holy Spirit within me. Let's ask God to transform our life, to be the only king in my life all the rest of my days, to make me do his will only, and to please him in my life. Let us ask God to be really our king today, then we can chant and say, Hosanna in the highest, this is the king of Israel. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.